0: Welcome back. Another week, another episode of Salad. Will I continue to introduce this show the same way each week? You'll have to tune in next week to find out. But until then, we are here now. I am joined here by Cole. Uh, say hi Howdy. to lovely people. There you go. Howdy it is. How do you do? <laughs> hello, um, hello. <laughs> So you may notice. We yeah, pick whichever one we want. Um, you may notice that we have a voice, a face, a person missing from the show today. That is Zach. Zach. Um, Zach is, you know, living the good life out in, uh, where, where is he at Cole? It's, uh, I believe he's in the Dominican, Dominican Republic. Yeah. I he's on an he Island. Is. He I was on a boat. Now he's on an Island. He's is <laughs> South
1: of us. Um, I'll tell you, I can tell you that much. Uh, yeah. And possibly surrounded by water.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Possibly surrounded by water. Um, it's, uh, it's funny. He posted on Instagram earlier today, uh, joking about, being a pirate or something. Cause I guess Jack Sparrow was on the island he's at now. So I'm, we're glad, you know, he's living the life, taking a break while we're still here recording, but he'll be here uh, the next week or so once he gets back. Um, but <laughs> that aside, we're happy for Zach and his break. It's well-deserved. And, uh, we're excited to bring you another, another episode of salad this week. Um, I hope all of you enjoyed our interview with Mike Pedito, uh, last week. If you haven't listened to that yet, go and check it out. Um, Cole snagged an amazing interview uh, with Mike, who was just so incredibly gracious to us and was such a great interview and sat down and chat with him. We talked about what it was like advertising for Theranos before they were shut down by the SEC for fraud, what it was like working on the NFL's last Super Bowl spot, as well as just a whole bunch of takeaways from his career in advertising so far. Um, It was really wonderful. And Hope you guys enjoy that as much as we did. Um, Before we get into everything we want to talk about today, uh, I want to first give two quick shout outs. Um, So you've heard the sound design on this uh, show for a while now, about 19, actually been 19 episodes now I believe or 20 episodes and uh, so I just want to give a front shout out to uh, Wyatt um, he goes by quiet Wyatt who makes the beat for our show he's actually working on a new one for us now kind of going off the current theme extending it out a little bit longer so we can be like professional show hosts talking over the beat as it's playing in the intro and then we'll have a unique outro too so we're very excited for that uh, check him out on Instagram at quiet Wyatt beats if you're interested in kind of seeing more of what he does and then also shout out to our visual uh, identity designer Kevin Ho uh, you can follow Follow him on Instagram at Kevin.ai, uh, K-V-N.ai. Uh, we go to school, or I guess we went to school with Kevin. He's a he's a, an art director, and you know he's been uh, saving our butt for a while now, creating all the graphics you see on Instagram. If you haven't seen those, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at salad underscore podcast. So... Thank you to them. Uh, we couldn't do what we're doing without them. Just want to let you know out there listening to check them out as well because they're doing really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of people that's doing cool stuff, uh, Cole, hi. How's oh. LA? You, uh, you're you kind of our weekly segment Indeed. now is to ask you about it every uh, intro, but what's up? You started Mullen Low on Monday, mm-hmm. right? West Coast, best
1: coast. Um, that's what I'm calling this segment uh, this week. Uh, until
0: uh, <laughs> next week highest? when you move out here as well, Trent. Um, but Well, I can tell you each <laughs> East Coast wasn't the least coast, but I'm excited to hear about this too. (laughs) Sounds like one hell of a beast (laughs) coast if I've ever heard of one. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, oh, there we go. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's been really good. Um, so, yeah, to fill uh, our listeners in a little bit, I just started uh, a media analytics internship at Mullenlo um, US. So, operating out of the Mullenlo LA office. Um, so, just wanted to say, I guess, uh, you know, it's exciting stuff. Um, I know that, you know, Trent and I, we talk a lot about uh, on this podcast about, you know, kind of, uh, Getting internships, you know how uh, students can find their way into the real advertising world, and uh, let me just say it's it's a really exciting thing um, if it does happen. So, um, sure. honestly, uh, that's just been my feelings over the past day. I mean, it's been a lot of onboarding. I, I don't have a lot to say in that regard so far, but um, you know everyone's been great. Um, I think that's one thing too. You know, when you first come in, it's like everyone's always super friendly. Um, I've uh, gotten the chance to meet people from a lot of different parts of the country as well. Um, We have some interns from NYU, BYU, um, I think that's it with the YUs there but you know we got those two handled Um,
0: and uh, and also too it's the usual the usual advertising school suspects
1: exactly exactly but um, it's great working with them and so how um, many interns are there so there's actually 15 of us so this is actually a a, yeah it's a smaller class than they normally had before so um, apparently they have about 30 at the Boston office Boston's their main headquarters but Mm. here they just have 15 so um, it's been kind of nice they've been onboarding us. Um, I'm going to be working on a project as well. I don't think I'm supposed to be talking about that yet, but, um, there will be, um, news on that as well. Um, and then, yeah, no, it's, it's just been honestly, uh, one of the things too, especially in, you know, when you're working in, media or with analytics a little bit more so. One thing that's kind of interesting about when you first join an agency is it's almost like the first week it has to be onboarding. I mean, whatever your position, there's so many intricate details to learn about an account. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. one of the main things that you really learn when you hit the ground running is you really have to shadow kind of that first week. Um, oh, because the first week, you know, that kind of gives you an idea of what your supervisor or your team or what their sort of You know, position is like. Um, You know, you go to their status calls, you go to their internal meetings, you see the all hands stuff, and you kind of get an idea of how the agency runs and kind of where you can fit into it. And so, one thing that I like to do, especially uh, my first week, is kind of look for places where maybe there's a little bit of friction, where maybe the things maybe aren't quite operating in the way that they could be. Um, Because one good thing, one piece of advice that I've gotten um, from people is shock them on in your first week. So, the big thing that you want to try to do is stand out or do something really crazy, really helpful that first week so that they really remember you and you have that first impression that the wider agency community remembers as well. Um, So, that's one good thing. Um, I'm not sure what mine's going to be yet, but I've been working on that. Um, And so, Anyway, back to my first point. Um, you know, you kind of have to get onboarded onto the account. You kind of have to learn more about the clients. Um, and so, uh, for me, that's working on Western Union and Chipotle. I don't think that's any secret knowledge or anything like that. But um, it's definitely some fun accounts, and uh, you know, kind of excited to get started on those. But really, it's just kind of navigating, um, you know, those early stages, um, figuring out what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but all that good stuff, but definitely be a sponge your first week because there's a lot to learn. And also one thing to talk to as many people as possible. Um, one thing that I always try to do, <laughs> I always walk out the front entrance. There's a back entrance kind of closer to where my desk is. But what I always try to do is I always try to walk uh, through the front door and talk to one person that I have never spoken to before or never seen. And especially as an intern, you know, the more people you meet in the agency, the more people you can kind of befriend, um, you know, that's helpful, you know, you're, you're on the radar then. So, um, for, uh, myself and soon Trent, you know, we're trying to get jobs here. So (laughs) we're definitely trying to score those brownie points. So, um, just, you know, good tips all around.
0: Uh, Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny what you say about the, uh, uh, the onboarding, um, (laughs) like it is a a, for those of you listening who haven't had one or for those of you who have and are kind of laughing along right now it's like it's like a (laughs) you're like onboarding onto the account almost like the entire internship it feels like sometimes like for a summer internship you're always learning new stuff I remember last summer even just you know, being onboarded. Actually, no, I, last summer, I never even had an official onboarding. Um, my, my mentor and I kept laughing about it throughout the summer because it was like, I came in and things were so hectic right off the bat in the middle of a production phase for the, the holiday campaigns that it was just go. And I just had to hop in and like onboard myself along the way. And then about like, like midway through the internship we kind of sat down and laughed and it was like is there anything like we need to onboard you on i was like i think i've gotten it (laughs) but it's funny because like you you just like you're learning so much all the time the best thing you can do is just find the server access on your laptop and just go through all the old files and like i remember one point learning about like the the history of stella artois from like the like like the renaissance time almost or something around there was like the 1200s or 1300s or something like that like that company's
1: been around 500 years
0: yeah it's crazy (laughs) like you so you always are learning new stuff and like yeah definitely talk to new people it's good you're doing that Cole and like yeah like because like i was on stella but like through a friend like through a friendship and chatting to people that I thought were interesting and were in my shoes and wanted to learn from, I ended up getting to work on other accounts my mother too and you know that led me to being on virgin voyages and like you just never know because like the more people you talk to and get to know you 're going to make friendships you 're going to find new opportunities to help out like you know finding that finding that gap is so important, especially as an intern it helps you shine through and make a difference and mm-hmm. impact so <laughs> I'm glad that 's exactly. going well uh I, I'm assuming the offices are beautiful and it's a really cool environment there- mm-hmm.
1: yeah they are quite nice um, so yeah we have um, we have I think, somewhere around three kitchens um so we wow, have yeah we have a upstairs and a downstairs in our west wing and then i am actually in the east wing um so in the first area we have like a barista there's like an open area uh, kind of a all-hands meeting area in the middle um we haven't had a meeting yet but i'm told that um there will be some soon i believe they're called what the fridays oh Looking forward to that. Yep. And then, um, so getting in on that. And then upstairs, uh, you go up this really cool wooden bookshelf that has a bunch uh, like this. The bookshelf is built into the staircase. Oh, wow. Um, and it has a bunch of their work on it as well. Um, I sent uh, Trent and Zach oh, actually yeah. earlier today <laughs> a picture of the real meals that we talked about a few weeks ago were up on the wall. Um, yeah, cool. Sometime here, I'll try to do a, maybe we'll do some uh, Instagram takeovers, maybe. Yeah,
0: there you uh, go for the
1: salad page, and try to get once uh, Trent starts at Saatchi too, we'll get some of those going. Damn the um, but yeah, exactly right. And then uh, yeah, but then there's the East Wing as well. I'm right next to the. Uh, the production kitchen. Um, so it's all like the pristine, pristine stoves and countertops (laughs) and stuff in there that they use for like the cooking shoots and stuff like that. Um, so I'm excited, uh, because I'll get to get kind of a behind the scenes on some of the production stuff that they're working on, but, um, yeah, no, it's, it's been going really well excited to see what happens. But yeah, we'll have to do a takeover or something so uh, the listeners can kind of see what we're talking about here.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm excited to get out there. It's uh, So for those listening, I think Cole, you've been out there for a couple weeks now and I just finally moved out of my apartment um, of the last two years. I think uh, last... I officially handed over the keys, um, which for those of you listening, that may not matter, but uh, essentially within the last week. And then I'm uh, holding over at my parents' house right now for like two weeks before I move out to LA and start. And it's like a weird in-between holding pattern where it's like you don't want to move fully yet because you're like, ah, there's so much at home still, you know what I mean? And then it's also like, Oh, but I'm excited to start, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's this weird in the middle that I'm, I'm excited to, to finally get out to LA and just start and know what it's like out there and enjoy the job. So it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I think for those of you who are looking at internships, it's, uh, an interesting thing. Like, I don't know, Colin, you, you touched on this too. I mean, this is your second year out in LA, but I remember like when I first thought I wanted an internship out of Arizona, it was like, whoa, what is that even going to look like? Because I hadn't really lived on my own out of state before. And so like going to New York for the first time ever and being thrown into that, living on my own for three months and now going out to LA on my own, like it's really interesting. Like it's kind of crazy and it can be a little scary. And I think maybe just to to those of you listening, if you're kind of facing an opportunity like that, you find yourself unsure of whether you should take that opportunity out of state to go to a new place and learn from someone new, Uh, I would say take it and be brave and feel confident in that decision. I mean, Cole, I'm curious for your thoughts too, but I just, speaking for myself, like uh, I feel like I grew so much as a person by taking that opportunity and making myself be alone in a new city last summer. And I think even still, I feel more confident than going into this next city of LA, which I haven't really been to either. And, you know, just taking those opportunities forces you to grow as a person. And it also gives you so many more opportunities to grow in your career too. Um, So I get the apprehension that some may have. And if you're feeling that it's completely normal, but I just encourage you to continue to take those opportunities because you never know what's in front of you until you go for it.
1: Yeah. Um, I a hundred percent agree with you there, Trent. Um, just, you know, as someone, you know, again, it's like, I, you know, coming from Portland originally moving to Arizona, you know, that was kind of my right. first experience living out on my, my own, but you know, it's still a very different feeling I'd say from coming to LA and, you know, it's kind of that transition into a big city and a major market. And I think, um, I think even for me, it's just kind of being out here um, makes a big difference. And so yeah. I would say definitely, you know, if you have the opportunity, go out and, you know, get, uh you know, get a position in a big city. If you can afford it, go go for it, you know, because it's just, you know, it, it's it's about being at the epicenter, the nexus of something almost, I feel like. And I don't, you know, not to say that, oh, you know, every second that you're in LA, you're going to feel like, Oh, like a million bucks or whatever. But, you know, you hear conversations of people, um, you know, on the street, you know, there's a lot more people that are in the creative industry. You know, you just see the fashion. Um, for example, I, I went to a movie last night and Ron Artest was in my movie theater. So uh, that was uh, a, little meta. Meta, a little meta world piece, uh, as I watched Godzilla, but, um, Oh my, wait, anyway, that's incredible. Yeah.
0: yeah, there's so many yeah. Jokes to be made there. He was exactly. just trying to bring peace <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's trying to bring peace to the world. Duncan no, on Mothra. He-
0: anyway, exactly. so
1: <laughs> derail <it. laughs> That was good. Um, but but yeah, and I think too, just you know, giving yourself the opportunity to have new experiences, meet new people, and again, uh, you know, coming out to a bigger city and kind of seeing a different place, you meet people with completely different experiences, lifestyles, and from different parts of the world. Uh, as well, um, you know. Even today, I was in. There's someone on my team that's from South Africa, you know, and you know, even learning, you know, people like that uh, come to major markets, major cities, and yeah. so you know, having those experiences and learning from other people too from those, I think, is super important, and I, I think it just makes it more exciting too. So yeah, again, exactly. especially if you're in a creative industry or something like that, if you want to see the world, meet people, I, I'd say you definitely got to take that opportunity.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't even sure. need to be like a big city, like hell, I'm yeah. like, even, even just going anywhere different. Right. Like I, I'm, I think maybe mm-hmm. I wish looking back, I did a study abroad at some point just to get that experience of going somewhere else, but you can get that mm-hmm. anywhere. That's the funny thing. I think people think they need to leave their country to really see the world. But what I think we forget is that the world is so much bigger than where we're at. And like, you can even just go to a different state and see so many different people and so many different ways of doing things being in an epicenter helps like i know in new york it was crazy just because you watch so many people that are living it and i think something that's kind of forgotten is like when you're on your own for a summer with so many other people like you you build a bond there that really is so much different like than anything else like just being in it together in like a new situation you know i've learned that some stick around and others fade over time and distance but like it's such a unique experience that's so special so it's it's cool and it's exciting to do and you never know when you might run into Ron Artest uh or you might have Kenny <laughs> exactly. Schmidt being filmed outside of your office one day so it's exactly. uh, <laughs> it's uh it's pretty cool um yeah definitely kind of tying in, not really tying in, but we're going to trade over <laughs> to our next on, segment here. If anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, moving forward. Um, just something to keep your eyes out. Um, we've got two interviews in the work that we're working on, um, as well as two more we're kind of thinking up on the horizon that we're hoping we can pull out of our hats. Um, but we've got two on the horizon with two really exciting agencies one of them is not even in this country which is very exciting Salads going international uh, we hope um so i don't want to share any more details get your hopes up but i'm hoping to have those recorded in the next couple of weeks and bring to you and i'll share more with you when i have more answers for you but that's something to stay excited for on the horizon you know it's Cole and I are figuring out how to do these interviews while managing our work schedules, but we'll find something out. And worst case, we'll still always have our roundtable discussions too each week. So you have that looking forward to. And speaking of roundtable, um, I want to talk about North Face. Um, Cole, you know, because I talked to you about it briefly, yeah. what they did. Some of you mm-hmm. listening may not know. Um, North Face is in hot water um, because they did a, a hack of Wikipedia. Um which essentially what they did is, uh, I think it was there it was Brazil office did a hack. Was it, was it Leo Burnett, Brazil Cole, or I can't I remember. So. Okay. Yeah. Leo Burnett, Taylor made, um, in Brazil, uh, was the agency involved. Um, and I bring that up not to trash them. I just bring it up so you can be aware of who's doing the work. Um, because even though this isn't hot water, I actually have mixed feelings on it and kind of do actually applaud it a little bit. Um, But also, I think it was probably not the best. So (laughs) I can already tell Cole maybe disagrees with me. Um, Uh, But I'm excited to talk about it and get into it. This is essentially what happened. Um, They did a stunt um, or a guerrilla marketing tactic for those of you attending marketing school um, where they essentially went through um, Wikipedia pages of all of these different, like, popular outdoor destinations where they would replace the photo of the destination and then they'd put in um, a photo of like someone at that destination using some kind of a North Face product. Um, Essentially, this accomplished two things. Someone's researching a travel destination, like say Patagonia. I'm just going to say Patagonia cause LOL, the competition, haha. <laughs> but, um, <There> <laughs> they're looking to travel to Patagonia and they search Patagonia. They're looking at photos. They go to the Wikipedia page to learn more about it. And then there they see a guy with a backpack that says Patagonia on the back of it on a mountain looking at an idyllic sunset or something. And they're like, damn, that's pretty cool. Maybe I, you know, I don't know what equipment I need. Um, you know, maybe here let me look into North Face. I know they have stuff, even if they don't consciously recognize it, it's a subconscious way to get people thinking about it. Um, I don't know if this is true or not, but I remember being told when I was younger that they used to have commercials in movie theaters where they'd flash like popcorn really quick so that you didn't visually recognize it, but your brain recognized it and got hungry. I don't know if that was ever a thing, but that's the like type of thing that you could do. And it's like a very subtle manipulation. <laughs> sounds like manipulation. some clockwork. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? Like, Business. yeah, back in the 70s or whatever. Um, But they did that on all these things. And then so people saw it in the photos and then also uh, talk about getting your brand to the top of the search terms. Every time someone searched a destination in Google, it would come up with North Face. Like it's a really disruptive tactic. Here's why it's problematic and here's why people are upset. Wikipedia is notoriously like like um crowdsourced knowledge for free it's volunteers that do it they don't take any money because they want the info to be unbiased and they have very strict rules against any kind of sponsorship or any kind of um partnership with brands to to push you know uh you know paid advocacy or undisclosed paid advocacy um you know, if it was just a random photo that had it, it would have been fine. But the fact that it was a planned thing and this is what happened is North face did it. And then in classic agency fashion, they made a video bragging about what they did. (laughs) And the video bragging about what they did is what really pissed people off and made people aware of it. If the North face didn't do that, I don't know if it would have ever really come to light or if people would have even been as upset because I feel like part of the anger (laughs) is that North face was bragging about it and it's viewed as something that's unethical. Um, Cole, what do you think? I want to hear your thoughts and and just kind of talk about it because it's it's a fine line to walk, right? Where we try and break through, and I want to call out some other times where advertisements have been viewed as a little bit unethical and and how they're now viewed as really popular things. I'm just I'm curious for your thoughts. Yeah, so I mean,
1: I think with this whole North Face thing, um, so obviously they made a gaffe here. Um, they they didn't run this by legal or uh, business affairs or whatever you want to call it, but um, it seems to be that um, you know I, I think it's a really clever. I'll start off by saying this: it's a really clever idea, and I think that. You know, there's ways that this can work. There's ways that brands have used this, Um, you know, because, okay, so why Wikipedia? Wikipedia, obviously, biggest user-generated site, one of the biggest user-generated sites in the world. Um, But, you know, the the thing that's different about Wikipedia is that it's heavily monitored. You know, it's a source of factual information. Um, you know, it's almost like addiction, which no I mean, though, I'm sure your professor, exactly. I'm sure your professors and teachers told you not to search on it. But at the same time, it is kind of a public repository of knowledge. It should be accurate. Um, I remember back in like grade school, people used to get upset because it had George Bush's birth birth state wrong. You know, he's actually oh, born yeah. in Connecticut, not Texas, but uh, Wikipedia would have told you otherwise. But point being, Wikipedia does have a pretty important mission and that is to provide people with accurate information. And I mean, it's, I love the idea and I wish that North Face had been able to do it, but the Wikipedia can't allow things like this to happen on their platform. Because again, it's, you know, if, if you let one person do it, um, you know, how many other people are going to do it? And then, you know, at what point, you know how do you know that what you're reading on Wikipedia is accurate, not just an ad? Um, because really, to co-opt, you know, you think about how many pages are on Wikipedia. There's a page about pretty much everything, and I mean, you figure a brand can use a lot of different things in order to push their own prod- products, including you know the yeah. word destination. And so, I think that um, you know, I think the brand, the 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 company made a mistake, um, but. There's other ways to do this. You know, you think about user generated content, you think about social media and all the way is that other brands have been able to leverage those platforms, um, to their benefit. So like, for example, um, I forget if we had talked about it here on the podcast or not, but what Budweiser did, yeah, with um, so they launched a similar campaign where they, um, basically posted Google searches. That of rock stars holding yeah. Budweiser also camps, in Brazil, but actually, it wasn't funny, always obvious. Yeah. So it'd be like, yeah, yeah, they like to kind of, I guess, hack the system there. But um, again, it's you know, you have to use something that is seen not as a manipulation
0: yeah. service
1: almost, because that's almost what Wikipedia is yeah, almost yeah. what Wikipedia is at this point. So, yeah, what what are your, uh, but what are your thoughts? On it's that
0: you know, of? okay, so you bring up a great point. Uh, Something else that came to mind, too, uh, there's obviously the tag words. Um, If you talk about user-generated content, think about like the shot on iPhone, um, where Apple was just posting photos on billboards and ads that were just photos taken on the iPhone. Or even recently when Apple finally went on Instagram, they were only posting photos that was consumer-generated content. Um, I think it would have been very easy for North Face to go and do a different kind of a stunt Well, maybe not very easy. Let me take that back. This all this is all very challenging. But, you know, I think there was another out for North Face to go and maybe find a bunch of user generated content where people were using North Face objects, whether in stock photos or in like Instagram or social media and maybe tag those or go back and use old tweets like we've seen a lot of people do. Like there are other ways to hack the system. Um you know, it, it's tough because it is Wikipedia is a source for common good that's supposed to be uncorrupted by advertising and, and not necessarily advertising, but specifically like stuff that's not told. Like consumers fake, need fake to news. know that it's an ad. <laughs> yeah, fake ads, right? Like we live in that world. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it, it's undisclosed. And I think that's the big problem. Mm -hmm. It just, it reminds me, like, this is completely different, but, like, in my mind, for some reason, I kind of think back to, like, um, you know, George Lois, who's, like, a legendary art director um, who made Tommy Hilfiger really big, um, because, like, back in, like, the late 80s, I think it was 86, yeah, I'm saying 86, um, he did this billboard in, like, I believe it was in Times Square, it was somewhere where it was really trafficked in Manhattan, and it was, like, a bunch of different really famous American designers like Ralph Lauren or Calvin Klein. And then it had like all of them. And then it had Tommy Hilfiger on it and people were pissed. Cause it's like, who's this unknown designer that thinks he can compare himself with all these other people. And it was like enormous backlash and he had to go out and apologize for it but what ended up happening is it made him extremely famous and really launched his career and that's completely different and that's not nearly as unethical right but it's just it's interesting because sometimes that shit like sometimes there are stunts that you can do with advertising to really tap something and just explode it and my question for you Cole is like what's the difference like like because I do think it was wrong but where's the line I guess in the sense of like if advertising agencies in a way are meant to to find creative ways to tap into culture, to to kind of hack the system, to get people aware of a product. Like when is it too far? Is it the fact that it is a public domain? Is it the fact that it was really kind of undisclosed? Or I, I'm just curious for your thoughts on that. Cause it's on one hand, it's a brilliant stunt, but on the other hand, it, it went too far and it's unethical. And I'm just, it's such a gray area. I'm just, it's interesting to kind of talk about what that line is. Cause while I do condemn what they did, it, it's fascinating to think about uh, the thought behind it, I guess, you know what I mean? hmm
1: I think, I think really what this all kind of comes back to is, I mean, it's kind of weird, but like, um, it, it, it comes back to almost like a consent thing. Yeah. Almost. Okay. Or an information it, it, in the sense that, you know, uh, a person, you know, they look at a Wikipedia page and they don't think it's an ad. Yeah, You know, you're you're kind of pulling the wool over their eyes in a way and I think what advertisers and brands need to do if they're pulling a stunt like this, you know, if they are deceiving people or if they are, you know, kind of doing something that's kind of, uh, you know, under the table, I think that those things need to be kind of for the benefit of someone or for, you know, the purpose of making, you know, an interesting point and... You know, it's and also on a smaller scale, because, again, it's, you know, this is now, you know, Wikipedia is their own company. You know, yeah. they run their own platform. Their focus and their goal is yeah, to take advantage of another you know, company. Exactly. They, they really did kind of co-opt and almost attack, you know, kind of, the you know, what Wikipedia is all about. <laughs> yeah, so I think here's that, the thing. I,
0: yeah, yeah. Like, I'm mean, like, not to cut you off, but like, think about like Burger King, right, where they yeah. do all these different stunts. See, like, I was just thinking about with that with the, uh, with the, uh, like uh, net neutrality, neutrality or, yeah, yeah net neutrality like, thing. But then they let exactly. people in on the joke at the end and explain. Maybe mm-hmm. that's the problem. And, and not to cut you off again, but that was probably what you're getting to, maybe is like it has to have like a benefit of a goal. And like if you're going to hack Wikipedia and do all this stuff, what is the lesson you're trying to teach or what is the benefit you're trying to share as a result of that? Instead of having like a hottie toddy kind of like, uh, video talking about how much you know how successful you were i guess is that what you're Mm -hmm. thinking or like it's just interesting like that 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 in the sense
1: that like um you know it's not really as much for like a cause or something again and they didn't talk to uh, wikipedia about it you know it's like i think i think a way that you can do this is let's say um you know for i know there's like an earth day but I don't know. Is there an earth month? Is there like a sustainability month? Well, well there's, there's earth, Day. earth week. There's earth week, I think though, right? There was an, earth okay. Week. But probably let's I say mean, earth, Planet earth is a thing, so. exactly. So let's say for earth week North face partners with Wikipedia, they say, all right, all of these outdoor wilderness shots are going to be, are going to, for this week, have people in North face stuff in them. And then there could be a thing where like you click on it, and it takes you to a page where you can donate to the environment or something like that. Donate to a cause or, you know, you click on that and it takes you to, you know, su- things about sustainability. And maybe there's a little message about North Face the Bottom. Um, yeah. You know, we think about what is Wikipedia there for? They're there to provide people information to, you know, connect them with knowledge. Um And, you know, how can North Face be a way that facilitates that? You know, you kind of have to think how you're benefiting and then how, you know, you can make an ethical partnership with Wikipedia. And so, you know, it'd probably be a lot cheaper to just do this. But I mean, in the end, really all they were doing, they were just kind of shamefully shamelessly not shamefully shamelessly <laughs> <laughs> plugging their their merchandise you know they were just putting ads uh, in the images yeah it's so, it's interesting
0: like that's a good point and it's funny mm-hmm. that you bring it up there was one response um by apolla Sia, like SIA on Twitter, they said, um, they sold the idea of free publicity but neglected to inform the cost of public disgust or the impact of their action. At Wikipedia, should consider page ban on both entities as punishment contributors can poll vote. Um, I, the idea of free publicity versus public disgust, I thought that was very well said, um, because not all press is good press and it's fascinating to, to think about, uh, you know, I mean for the record this was North Face's response. Um, we believe deeply in Wikipedia's mission and apologize for engaging in activity inconsistent with those principles. Effective immediately we have ended the campaign and moving forward we'll commit to ensuring that our teams and vendors are better trained on the site policies. I thought that was interesting, too, because it kind of throws like the agency under the bus a little bit by saying we're going to make sure that the vendor is trained. Um, and I, I, I would be fascinated to know what it was like behind the scenes. Like, was the agency pushing for this? Was the client pushing for this? Um, just the thought process behind it is fascinating because, you know, it, it it's just it's, it's wild. Like, it's one of those ads that I'm like it wow you know what i mean but at the same time it's like oh <laughs> no it's interesting yeah exactly i'd hate to be a north face right now yeah <laughs> they're gonna have to do an about face <laughs> get to the south exactly, side of the mountain yeah. um yeah. <laughs> that south butt oh my the south butt um she's <laughs> lost the past there yeah um fascinating i mean yeah I, i'm curious what zach thinks about this too we'll probably have to talk with him about it too and hear his thoughts next week or something but you know speaking of kind of another legal thing um i want to talk about one other ad that i just saw that i thought was wild and just just a great stunt <laughs> so mm-hmm. um okay this is the headline in ad week this legally binding contract lets people sue their friends for skipping out on drinks. It starts with a $50 fine and escalates from there. Um, So, uh-huh. the, the, the the premise behind this is like, oh, it's frustrating when you make plans to grab a beer and then they cancel at the last minute. So, you know, <laughs> just sue them instead to make mm. them, you know, end the half-hearted behavior um, to quote the the representative from the company. So, this is the, from the beer, beer brand Norland's Gold. Uh, there's probably a more correct pronunciation of that. It's a Swedish beer brand. Um <laughs> They just do great advertising, so I kind of want to talk about them. Mm -hmm. Um, These are some of the billboards, really quick, that I'm just going to read to you that people can run. hey, that's Run by uh... and see. Have night out or day in court. New Orleans Gold has developed a contract that makes your next beer legally binding. Sign online and show up live, because if you don't, you may end up in court. Book it like you mean it. Olavtale.se or something like that. Uh, O-L-A-V-T-A-L-E-T.se. Um, so you can check out the contract online at that that website. Um, and then another headline is, can you afford to not have a beer? Um, love that. And so the agency that worked on this is Stockholm-based uh, Akistem Holst. Again... Probably not the correct pronunciation, but um, you know, I think they're killing it. They were Adweek's 2017 International Agency of the Year. I had to research them a lot last summer on Stella Artois for competitive, just to see what all the other beer brands were doing. You know what I mean? To get an idea of what the creative work out there was, and they were doing crazy stuff last year too. Like, like check this out, Cole. Like last year for the World Cup, they created a 3D printing machine that you put a new orleans gold beer under at a bar and it'll print out tweets about the world cup in like gold ink on your phone so you can get a tweet beer so it's like put down the phone and pick up a beer and like stay up to date with what's going on on twitter while you're watching the game and it's like they do crazy stuff like that all the time for the beer brand um it's kind of crazy uh and it's just it's pretty wild um they also did like uh they did a tag along campaign um to mock like the the Budweiser tag beer that we talked about before too. Like that was another really funny thing where they intercepted like the tag words. So when someone searched the ads, the, the text that Budweiser had on those billboards, <laughs> it would, uh, it would pop up with stuff on Google search terms, like why Google beer when you can drink one? And then it would give the website to Norland's Orleans gold. And it's like, put your phone away and have a cold one. Cheers, bud from Norland's Orleans gold. And it's like, so <laughs> calling out Budweiser, like, you know, it was like just a quick stunt, but like it got so much coverage for that too. It's like an ad interception really. And doing stuff like that, I thought was crazy. And I think that that's a good example of how you can like break through, um, in a way, like, and not necessarily cause distrust for a public good company. You know what I mean? I just thought that was fascinating. I'm curious for your thoughts and how that maybe compares with North Face and Wikipedia. Well, no, I think
1: that, uh, I think, yeah, Norland's Gold is, you know, it's uh, peaceful or, you know, like fun disruption, I guess uh, is what you yeah. want to call it. Fun disruption, maybe. Um, yeah, no, I think the whole concept of the, uh, the app, the suing app, I think is pretty funny. Um, I think, yeah, I, I would like to see that, uh, you know, and a uh, use in other capacities as well because I feel like friends do a lot of things that annoy each other and maybe brands can kind of help get behind yeah. how you get back at others for it. Um, but I think what Norland's Gold has done is is really cool, and I think it's you know fun for a beer brand who, admittedly, their logo contains two, mo- two moose and three trout. <laughs> That's what their logo looks like. <laughs> just for all you all you at home, yeah. um, but that they have. Uh, you know, a really (laughs) exciting marketing department. They're doing things that, you know, are getting attention in ad week and ad age. Um, And it's just, you know, small Northern European beer brands. And so I think it's really cool to, you know, see a company it really lives into kind of a more mischievous culture. I think our beer brands kind of do that as you've seen with the Coors, uh, you know, Bud Light wars, um, the corn syrup wars that have been going on on TV. Um, but, um, you know, it's kind of fun to see those alcohol brands leaning into that more. And I think, I think we'll probably see more of it, but hopefully more of the, uh, playful as opposed to the, uh,
0: predatory. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) and something happened with the the corn wars too recently right cole you were mentioning so
1: actually bud light is actually gonna have to change uh the copy on some of their ads as well so um they kind of got some backlash as well the fcc actually ordered them um to stop saying that other brands uh carry corn syrup when their their beer actually Does contain corn syrup, so the whole thing has been that they have they've been fighting. Yes, they've been fighting this whole time, um, you know, Coors and Miller and all these other brands um, because they have high fructose corn syrup in them, which is true. Um, And Bud Light does not, but Bud Light, as well as the other beers, contain corn syrup. So not high fructose corn syrup, but just corn syrup, which. Does have a lot of sugar in it, not as much as high fructose, but still has a lot. And so, basically, the FCC ordered them; they can't be making these claims anymore because essentially, those other brands, I mean, have this all very similar ingredients to them. So, just kind of an interesting shot there. And again, we're looking at kind of deceiving people. um, You know, what's for the public good? Um, You know, I think that brands should be telling the truth uh, in their advertising. (laughs) I will stand behind that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and that's one of those things where I wonder, like, did the agency people know the difference or did the – like, the, the beer people should know the difference. Um, so I suspect if that was intended to just be a stunt or if the SEC is being a little finicky and choosy or, you know, it's interesting to see. But we wondered a few weeks back if, if anything would happen with this. And it looks like Miller has kind of gotten some reprieve from it, but I also do still see – um, adds up to this moment that say no corn syrup. I saw one earlier today. So it's kind of curious to see when those will start to come down or how they'll change as a result. Um, you know, tell truth in ads. Um, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. that is what it comes <laughs> down to. But uh, speak, speaking of a- Acostum Holst, uh, I'm going to say it different every time. I just want to call back to that really quick, too, because I just, you know, I'm obsessed with them and I think you should check them out. I'll, I'll type out their name into the show notes so you can kind of see how to spell it. But Cole, do you remember the IKEA P ad from last year? Uh-huh.
1: So that was actually one of my favorite. Movies, yeah, they did um, that. As you guys know, I have a sordid love affair with Out of Home. Um, well, that's a Prince. Exactly. I know, but I'm saying I have a crush on Prince. So oh, ooh,
0: it's your I, side. Your exactly. side ad. So what can I say? Physical media. <laughs> you want to get physical? Yeah, um, yeah. No. So, for those of you who don't know it, they they essentially created this print ad for Ikea in Sweden and the headline was peeing on this ad may change your life. This ad is also a pregnancy test. Pee on the marked area and wait a moment. If you're expecting, you will get a surprise right here in the ad. And then it had a picture of a baby crib and it normally costs $995. Swedish currency, and then if you were pregnant and it showed on the paper that you were pregnant, then it got discounted 500 Swedish currency down to 4.95, and you could bring that in the store for the discount. Um, so it's just crazy ways to break You can do so much cool stuff with print. I remember LL Bean at one point did an ad where it essentially said like, take this outside and it was like the text was scattered across the page and then they took it outside and there was hidden ink that was only showing up in the sunlight. And it revealed this whole other copy about like how people should be outside and use LL Bean products to do that. And like, you can do such cool stuff with physical media. It's like kind of a forgotten thing at this point because everyone thinks social media is the only way to do a campaign these days. But it's uh, it's super cool to see another agency like that innovating in the space.
1: Love to see it. love to see it give me something i can hold yeah holding my hand um, See with my
0: eyes on the street <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's uh hope that you know that, yeah, that's not too bad out of context actually um i think at some point we're gonna have to make a splice up of all of your love wait. love affairs with physical <laughs> media for social or something i love it just yeah just yeah. let's wait <laughs> um but that kind of covers it for me today, Cole. I mean, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Anything else about life in LA? Any advertising news or notes? Things you thought um, the, the good people that are listening? Hmm.
1: I was trying to think what's a tip that I could have. Uh, make friends with the IT people and the HR people.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, they're my... the lifesavers. They keep everything exactly. running. Exactly. Exactly. That's going to be my uh, tip of the day. Tip okay, we're going to dedicate this show not only to Wyatt and Kevin helping us behind the scenes, but also to the IT and the HR people out there. You run the companies. You are the lifeblood. You are the nerves that connect everything in the body of the work and keep it firing, and we appreciate you. Just like we are the chefs in the kitchen making the salads that you listen to, you are the nerves in the companies keeping everything firing on all cylinders um and with that really over the top thank you um we are gonna sign off today i am trent signing off here from tempe for one of the last times i've said that a few weeks in a row but now it's finally coming near hello la i'll see you soon and uh, cole it's been great yeah. talking with you again great talking with you too and uh everyone out there at home have an
1: ad week